0: Are you really thriving or merely just trying to survive? When you're in survival mode, that essentially means that you are living in a constant state of stress and it's that accumulation of stress in the body that pushes it into chaos, especially because you have blood sugar issues. Stress can definitely make it go up and send a signal inside your body to hold on to belly fat because it thinks you might die. I want to preface this by saying that a little bit of stress is a normal part of life and can actually make us more productive in the things that we need to get done. However, if you tend to be in stress mode a lot, even low levels of stress, you may start to feel the negative effects of it which can show up as stomach problems, headaches, recurrent infections, high blood pressure, higher than normal pulse, insomnia, depression, and there's so, so much more. And so as your blood sugar is rising and the weight on the scale is going up, what you need to know is that stress may be playing a major role in that. And of course, you can reverse the negative effects of stress. And it all starts with learning how to chill, and building unstoppable resilience. Let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome to episode four of the Transform Your Pre-Diabetes podcast, where I am on a mission to help women over 50 to discover some new and different ways to approach their pre-diabetes and weight loss issues and to transform their health so that they can live well and thrive. So I'm your host, Michelle gornick Canning, and I am so happy to be back with you today. This is quickly becoming like my new favorite thing. I am new to podcasting and I am really getting into it. So thanks for being here. So anyway, today we're continuing on with part two of my four part video. Series, the pillars of transformation. In part one, we discussed the food, and I went into the four principles around what I eat and why. And today, we are going beyond the food. Remember, there are other things that strongly impact your blood sugar and your ability to lose weight, and what you eat is not necessarily the most important. Mastery of all four pillars will get you on the road to transforming your health and your prediabetes. So, today in part two, we're talking about stress. In part one, I made reference to how a toxic dose of processed food makes you feel horrible, causing crazy symptoms and constant cravings. Well, stress is the same. When our dose of stress outweighs our ability to recover, we're in big trouble. If you're unable to fine tune how you perceive and address the stressors in your life, it can sabotage everything that you're trying to do to improve your health. So to start off, I just want to get into a little bit of physiology so that you can understand how the stress plays out. So there's something in your body called the autonomic nervous system, which connects your brain to the organs in your body and regulates your bodily functions without you even thinking about it, such as with your heart rate, your breathing, your blood pressure, digestion, just to name a few. And there are two parts to this system. One is called the sympathetic nervous system, also called fight or flight, because it kicks in when you're faced with a life-threatening situation. And the other is called the parasympathetic system, also referred to as rest, digest and restore because it promotes restoration and the healing of the body. Your body is always striving for balance between the two. So the problem arises when the sympathetic nervous system is activated when your brain perceives a threat. It prepares you to either stand strong and fight for your life or to run fast as you can to get away from the threat. So I want you to imagine that you are the main character in a scary movie. (laughs) Just hang in there with me for a minute. And in the movie, you are constantly being chased by a big, scary monster, which you perceive as a stress to your life, a threat instantaneously your body releases hormones like adrenaline causing your heart to start pumping faster your blood pressure goes up your breath increases so that you can get more oxygen into your blood and onto your muscles because you need to run And you're in a constant state of fear and anxiety. Your body feels tense and your thoughts are running rampant because you're running for your life. You are hyper-focused on getting away and safe from the scary monster. So in this scenario, your body's main purpose is to keep you alive. So everything else in the body gets put on pause. So digestion stops because you don't need to digest your food when you're fighting for your life. Your reproduction and your sex drive get shut off because your brain just doesn't care about digesting food, reproducing or having sex. Its main priority is to give you everything you need to run, to breathe and to focus in order to keep you alive in that moment. And then another hormone called cortisol is released, which makes your blood sugar go up because you're going to need more energy to run. And so many other things are happening too, but this is the piece that I really want you to understand. Anyway, once your brain perceives that the threat is gone, that you were able to hide from the monster and feel safe, all of your bodily functions return back to normal and hopefully enter into the parasympathetic state where all your stress hormones go down, your heart rate and your blood pressure go down, your breathing becomes slow and deep and regular, your digestive juices, you know, increase so you can eat, digest and eliminate your food properly. And your blood sugar stabilizes and you feel a sense of calm and you sleep deeply, which is where the magic happens. This is where your body heals and repairs itself and restores its energy reserves. But you know, as with all scary movies, the monster eventually finds you and you start running for your life again. And if you haven't figured it out yet, the movie is your life. And the scary monster in the movie is the traffic in the morning when you're running late. Your boss who needs done, you know stuff done like yesterday, or people that are talking about something you did or didn't do or ongoing financial worries. The stress is all the stuff in your life, like lots of stress and stressors happening all of the time. And so, There are two endings to your movie. Either the monster gets you and it's like the end, or you get rid of the monster. But in life, it's not always possible to get rid of the monster. So, what do you do? Your ability to heal, right, depends on your ability to stop reacting to the scary monster. And the monster may be real or just maybe thoughts that you carry around in your mind, but real or not, how you perceive the monster is everything. If you're unable to fine tune how you perceive and address the stressors in your life, it can sabotage everything that you were trying to do to improve your health. You can't manifest better health when you are feeling stressed out and feel beat down all of the time. If you go to the doctor and you have a bunch of tests and everything checks out, okay, you know, all your, you know, it checks everything out. Everything is normal. Your thyroid is no, normal. Then you have to start tuning in, tune into what your body is telling you. So the headaches or the acid reflux that you might be having is your body telling you that something is wrong. And some people actually ignore the symptoms and they're like, yeah, I get a lot of acid when I get stressed out. But then they don't do anything about it, except maybe pop some Tums. But this doesn't solve the underlying problem. The key to dealing with your problems, the monsters in your life, lies, with, lies in your underlying resilience. Resilience is your ability to recover quickly from anything that life throws at you keeping yourself towards a calm and relaxed state, which is where your body can heal and maintain its function. Building resilience is about learning to respond to the day-to-day stuff in a positive and relaxed way. It's these moments that make it possible for you to stand strong when the big stuff happens. You're preparing for the big things that happen in life so then you don't fall apart. Like stress eat or gain the COVID 15. Resilience means that when you come face to face with something that pushes you over into the sympathetic side, the fight or flight side, that you will be so it'll be brief and you'll recover really quick. Unfortunately, many people live in overload and they never truly recover. And if you don't give your body what it needs to recover, all the stuff that you're carrying on your shoulders today, you carry it into the next day and the next, and then it builds up until you break down. So the key is to build your resilience so that your body can be in the rest and restore mode most of the time. So you can heal and cover, recover from your prediabetes. So there are four principles that I'm going to share to help you build your resilience. And I just want to get right into it. Okay. So number one is I want you to develop a daily breathing practice. Learning to breathe is the number one thing that you can do to train your body to be in a calm and relaxed state. And most people have erratic breathing patterns, usually unintentional breath holding or shallow fast breathing like a chronic low level of hyperventilation. What keeps you in the parasympathetic state is getting into the practice of slow diaphragmatic breathing. And just taking a few breaths and saying to yourself, relax, all is well, just isn't going to cut it. You have to be able to physiologically activate your parasympathetic system by practicing intentional belly belly breathing on a daily basis basis. So I'm talking about a minimum of 10 minutes a day of sitting in uninterrupted space. I like to do this first thing in the morning and I will listen, you know, to some, you know, some soft music while I do it. And your breathing should be soft with your mouth closed, you know, slowly breathing into your belly. And I want you to pretend that you're trying to lift a little feather slowly up to your nose, slowly and quietly over a count of five, breathing so quietly that if someone was sitting next to you, they wouldn't be able to hear you breathing. So after you get to the top of your inhalation, right, just let go let the air move out through your nose passively. And then at the bottom, I want you to pause briefly and then repeat. So set the timer on your phone for 10 minutes and just do it. And when I first first started doing it, I would simply just like count my breaths, right? Sometimes my mind would wander and I just started counting the breaths to keep me in the moment. And you really have to do this daily over time to really reverse the negative effects of stress. And I'm telling you, this is life changing. I've had patients who come into the office with anxiety and palpitations, and I challenge them to do, you know, 10 minutes of breath breathing, breath training, essentially for 30 days. And they always come back saying that it really, really helped them. Okay. Next principle. Principle number two is to learn to respond and not react. When we're faced with the daily stressors in life, right? You're going to want to learn how to respond in a controlled and relaxed way to maintain your calm. And Many people just react to situations sometimes all day, every day. And this causes that hormonal response in the body that fight or flight response. So whether it's the traffic or someone cutting you off on the freeway, you know, to dealing with people at work or an argument with your partner, I want you to realize that these are situations, right? That are triggers, right? They're triggering that fight or flight response in your body and all that comes along with that even if you don't feel a dramatic effect like your heart pounding, right? You know when somebody's really affecting you, right? And how you feel. And this is a low level stress response where the fight or flight response is churned on all of the time. And it's wreaking havoc on your body behind the scenes. And when your stress level hormones are high, and I'm talking about cortisol here, Not only does your blood sugar go up, but cortisol increases your appetite and it makes you crave comfort foods and feel good foods. And these foods are filled with salt, sugar, and fat. And that's why when we're stressed, we reach for a cookie instead of a piece of broccoli. When you react, you are in survival mode. Like you are personally under attack. So we go on the defense like instantly right we react to situations in an emotionally charged way unconsciously and without thinking and then once we calm down from that fight or flight state we almost always wish we we could have handled things differently so these monsters are always going to show up in your life things are going to happen so instead of reacting and creating stress in your body learn to respond You have to over, you know, overpower your typical knee jerk reaction by first becoming aware that a stressful event is happening and then take a breath. This is where deep breathing or other breath holding techniques like box breathing come into play right? Where you breathe, you hold your breath and you breathe and you hold your breath. When you do this, you can immediately stop the fight or flight reaction in its tracks so that you can then respond in a controlled and well thought out way. Your response will be more logical and you'll make better decisions. And after you do this, right, after the event is over, you will feel proud about how you handle things. So identify your triggers, what and who is pushing your buttons and prepare for your response. You can also look back at previous events in your life and decide how you will respond if it happens again. And this is definitely a process. If you have been reacting all of your life, this is just going to take some time. You just want to keep practicing so that you can start to close the gap between reacting and responding, right? Until it becomes second nature. I love this quote by Viktor Frankl where he says, between the stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So the more you can close that space between reacting and responding, closing that gap, the more at peace you will be. So I want you to look at these daily triggers as invitations for your transformation, right? Helping you to gain a sense of control and, you know, not letting anything, hijack your control, right? Or hijack the calm and peace in your life. And don't let anything or anyone hijack your integrity, right? And lose sight of the person that you want to become. Because every time you do, you are not only losing your power, you are making yourself vulnerable to the effects of stress. So learn to respond and then let it go just let it go. Okay. So moving on to principle number three, which is identifying the people in your life who can support you in moments of stress. So who are your people? Who are your people that will immediately talk you down off the ledge, right? Who are the people that when you are having one of those stressed out moments are not going to stoke the fire and get you more riled up than you already are, right? They're not going to fuel the fire. They're going to calm you down and help you to see the big picture versus you going to somebody and you go, I got triggered. He triggered me. He messed up my whole day. And that person's like, yeah, who does he think he is? You need to go back and give him a piece of your mind and getting you all riled up. Well, the key is to not get triggered, right? And if you get triggered, every time you get triggered, I want you to stop and think and be like, how can I reduce that time that I am upset, right? And as you do, it gets shorter and shorter and you keep closing the gap and closing the gap until eventually when you get triggered by that particular thing it's not going to phase you and if it does it's only going to be for a hot minute and then you'll be right back on track so do not ever let someone trigger you and give them your power and this is a work in progress right i really try hard not to get triggered and most recently someone triggered me right after i shared some information with them and uh it, it really upset me, right? Just because of the nature of our relationship. And um, so I called my big sis Dolores, who has been my rock for my entire life. So she's my person. So whenever I'm on the ledge, she's the one who talks me down. So I went to her and I told her about this, and I'm all riled up and I'm telling her what happened and I'm giving her all the details. And she calmly says to me, dude you knew that was going to happen. So why would you expect anything differently? Right? Why are you letting yourself, you know, why are you letting this get to you and get you all riled up? And it immediately made me stop. <laughs> I was like, OMG, I, I'm expecting something from someone who can't, you know, relate to me in the way that I would like them to, and it's never going to happen. And I know this, or why am I getting upset about this? Why am I letting this get to me? I just needed Dolores to remind me of that, that I'm wasting my time and emotional energy on something that's taking me off my game. So I let it go. And I really want this to land for you. When you get triggered, it turns off your ability to think logically about a situation or solve a problem. And it keeps you stuck in rumination and shuts down your ability to focus on anything else, right? It's keeping you in the stress response longer and actually is detrimental to your health and building your resilience. So when you get triggered, seek the advice from somebody who is more level-headed and knows your triggers, right? Who knows when you're overreacting and can talk you off the ledge. Someone who can help you shift into a calm and relaxed state. And this is where you want to be to heal. Like a good friend of mine says, I'm not going to allow this to take up any more space in my brain. It's not going to occupy any real estate in my brain. I'm just going to keep it moving. And I love this. Just keep it moving. Okay. Last but not least, principle number four is all about self-care. How many times a day are you experiencing joy and laughing to the point where you are forgetting what's going on? How often are you doing things for yourself, things that make you feel really good, right? Things that make you feel so at peace that you forget what time it is and you forget what you're doing next. And you're not thinking about all the things that you need to do that day. You're able to revel in the moment. If you're always, you know, exposing yourself to toxic news and toxic people, you will have toxic thoughts, which can be perceived in the body as stress. And in, you know, as a woman in today's world, we take on so much. We give, give, give all the time. We do everything for everybody else in our lives and making sure their needs are met. We try to keep the house in order. We cook what everybody else wants. And then at the end of the day, we have nothing left for ourselves, right? So we self-medicate with wine or, or food, which is actually making things worse. It's also, you know, really important to address any nagging pain issues. Chronic pain can totally keep you in a stressed state. So at the end of the day, your body can't tell the difference between a real threat or stress from chronic pain your body doesn't know the difference. It still responds the same way. So start taking care of yourself. So if your back hurts all of the time, get some therapy or a consult with a chiropractor or acupuncture is also amazing. And self-care means that you are making yourself a priority by putting yourself first The most important thing is that you bring more peace and joy into your life on a daily basis, right? Minimizing exposure to anything or anyone who gets in the way of that. Then and only then will your body begin to restore itself and feel safe enough to release the weight. The more you tip the balance into this parasympathetic state, the rest and restore state you will be blown away about, you know, at how good you start to feel. You're going to smile more. You're going to have more energy and vigor for life. And you will build this invisible wall around you, making you less vulnerable to the stuff that happens. And if you do take a hit, you're going to be able to bounce back much quicker versus falling into anxiety, stress, eating, you know, weight gain, which has captured you so many times before. So do what makes you feel good, right? The things that work for me are regular meditation, right? Walking in nature, which really resets our body rhythms naturally, And when you go walking in nature, when you go out for a walk, please, when you do this, leave your cell phone at home. Just be present and take it all in. Also, what helps me, you know, to restore is lying on the beach with a good book. Or singing. I like to do this privately, of course, in my car on the way to work as I'm driving through the thick traffic. It not only helps to pass the time, but it really amps up my mood. It makes me feel so good walking into the office right in the morning versus listening to the news and feeling depressed. Other self-care activities that restore me are regular massages, facials, and acupuncture. And I definitely soak in a, a magnesium salt bath with lavender essential oils at least once a week. It's so good and rejuvenating to my body. Okay. So I have thrown out a lot of stuff. This, is a long, this has been a long one. So let's just move into a quick re- recap of the four transformational pillars to build your resilience and combat the effects of stress. And number one is to develop a regular breathing practice that literally trains your body to relax. And in this relaxed state is where all the healing begins. One of the best ways to boost your resilience is the regular practice and mastery of conscious, relaxed, slow breathing. And number two is respond don't react. Reacting is all about survival and it keeps your body in a stress fight or flight mode, which causes chaos in your body and will negatively impact your ability to heal. So you'll want to respond, which is all about thriving, right? Thriving by maintaining that common peace in your body as you respond to situations in your life in a controlled and well thought out way, not losing control. And number three, find your people who are the people in your life that will talk you off the ledge when you get triggered. And it needs to be somebody that can help you to diffuse the situation and not stoke the fire, right? To help you see the truth, right? See the truth so that you can snap out of it and out of rumination so that you can quickly get back into a calm state. And number four is all about self-care learning to take care of yourself and putting yourself first for a change and doing the things that bring you joy and pleasure you um, you know these periods of emotional rest are a surefire way to restore and heal your body So I just really want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listening to this podcast. If you are enjoying the content, right, and you find value in it, please share it with other women who you think it could help and subscribe on iTunes so that you don't miss a beat. Until next time, have a transformational day.